Hi, this is a production of Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska, where our mission is to bring Christ's hope, healing, and wholeness to our community and to our world. Our service times are 9 and 11 each Sunday morning. Find out more at www.communitycovenant.net. Hey, it is wonderful to be able to come on Sunday morning or get up any day of the week and know what your mission is, to bring Christ's hope, healing, and wholeness to our community uh, and to our world. There's a variety of ways that that happens in your lives and our lives together. And uh, one of those is through the partnerships we have uh, locally. For example, uh, just to remind you, this Saturday, right here from 10 to 2, is our Disaster Day in Health Fair, where we're partnering with community organizations to help prepare you and equip you uh, for the next earthquake or the next thing that happens. We're going to have the the uh, the earthquake house. That's kind of like my house on November 30th, but uh, you can compare it to the real thing now, right? That'll be here. A helicopter will be here. There's interactive things, learning for kids, agencies here to give you information, not to mention the health fair. So I want to encourage you to come out to that. Um, another partnership that we have here in the community is with Focus. And uh, they are wonderful, wonderful partners uh, working with families who have children with behavioral or learning challenges in their lives. And we have partnered with them in a variety of ways. Uh, to bring hope, healing, and wholeness to families in our community. And we have Diane Pogue here this morning. She's the Executive Director of Focus. And she would just like to share a few words with our church, with our congregation. Thank you. There you go. Hi. Um, I was uh, just thinking about celebrating with all of you about... Um, having fulfilled your mission um, in helping focus. Um, you guys talk about the, your hope and healing and wholeness to your community. Well, in, in the earthquake, this, this, we were your community, and um, by Todd and this church reaching out to us uh, that very first day or the week thereafter, um, I didn't have a lot of hope. I was We were displaced from the Garcia's building, and I'm the leader of this group, and I had no idea what we were going to do. Um, so when we first were invited here and got here um, and uh, were temporarily housed here, it really gave me hope, and hope is the starting point. We were definitely wounded. Um, so being here, we felt some healing, like there we were going to make it, and there were other people being healed here at the same time, so we made community partners um, and now we have just been able to move into a new home, a new space in Eagle River, and we finally feel whole again. And what this church did for Focus really saved our business. So you can celebrate that you did your mission and com- you actually did it in a very concrete way. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Diane. Would you just stay right here? Yeah, it is wonderful to be in partnership with you. It's wonderful to have uh, focused daycare here during the week, and your presence here is appreciated. It's reciprocal. Uh, what we're doing, we're doing together, and uh, it's wonderful what we can accomplish when no one cares who gets the credit, right? But God gets the glory, and that's what we're about. 
Let's pray right now. Can we do that? I want to pray for Diane. Father, we thank you for Diane. We thank you for focus. Lord, we, we thank you for um, the work that they do in our community and, and how they make a difference in the lives of children and their families. God, we are so grateful uh, for our partnership, uh, Lord, that we can work together in the community to make a difference. And Lord, we do thank you that even through um, just the, the disaster of the earthquake, uh, Lord, you work all things together for good for those who love you and are called according to your purpose and including things that are unexpected, things that we don't know how we're going to make it through. Yet, Lord, in the end, we can look back and see that you are walking with us all along the way. Father, that's the story, and we are so grateful to be a part of it, Lord, to, to go with Jesus and to be wherever he is in our community. Father, we pray that you would continue to bless focus. You would bless uh, Diane's leadership with her team. And Father, that you would bless us, that we could continue to uplift and encourage and truly be, Lord, your ambassadors, um, your vessels of hope, healing, and wholeness in our community, in our world. And we pray these things now, and we give you thanks, and we give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Yeah. So that's a, that's a community piece, right? Uh, but what about the world? Well, I want to invite up Beth and Larry Smith. Beth and Larry are longtime members now. You can clap for them uh, of our church. And, and over our time here, Lori and I have grown to love them and to appreciate them, uh, to respect them, and to admire them. Uh, they're here today to tell you a little bit about what happened during their season in Kenya. Of course, our church was a sponsoring church. We sent them in the name of Jesus to Kenya to join uh, the Kenyan Covenant Church and their work there. And there's so many great things going on there. Uh, some of you that are here have had the opportunity of going there to Kenya and to serving alongside of Beth and Larry. But Beth and Larry, we thank you and we are so excited you're back. We love you, and we want to hear all about uh, what Jesus is doing in Kenya. Wow, you look good. So many times we imagined what it would look like here on a Sunday morning, our Sunday night in Kenya. Wow, you look good, and you're precious to us. Imagine a hot, sweltering night on the coastal beach town, a Mapikatoni near the Somali border. Larry and I quietly prayed inside our third floor hotel room, and we locked down sheltering in place. Pastor Todd, the other leadership, and our confidential prayer team here knew where we were going and what we would be doing. The intention had been for the pastors and leaders of the Evangelical Covenant Church of Kenya to gather from different roads, air, and water at Mapikatoni for the burial of a leader and for ministry meetings. Nobody else beyond our confidential ring knew where we would be. When we arrived in Lamu, the road was attacked by Al-Shabaab, a terrorist cell group of Al-Qaeda. We could not go by road. We were transported by small boat up a back waterway and then put in a car which was waiting for us. We went with a group of pastors, and when we reached Mapikatoni, 
we were asked to stay in our hotel room that night, not come out, make sure we had an escape route and a go bag ready, which we did. Nobody here knew that except for just a handful of people. Yet my cell phone opened up and was lighting up on silent with text messages, emails, WhatsApp chats, and attempted calls, people saying, Beth, what's going on? We're praying for you. We woke up in the middle of the night praying for you. What is happening? We're praying for you. We're fasting and praying for you today. And that was the way it was our entire time from 2016 to 2019 in Kenya. In our greatest times of need, when we needed prayer the most, the body of Christ and community covenant spontaneously moved forward with the Holy Spirit to pray for us. There was never a moment we doubted that you were praying for us. I can't thank you enough, really. There was never a moment that we were without the sustenance of this body who sent us. We are called before Jesus Christ to send each other. You are the only you going to work tomorrow in your workplace. You are the only you in your neighborhood. We are to send each other. We are all sent and called, but we are to send each other. And today we are talking about the beauty of sending in the name of Jesus Christ for the glory of his kingdom to bring souls to the Lord. We are very excited to be here, uh, and really, truly, words can't express uh, how, how thankful we are for all, how, all that you've done in partnership with us. I'm going to read a couple uh, verses here um, to you, and I want you to listen for the send, listen for the send in these verses. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. And that's from John 3, 16 and 17. Uh, the other verse uh, is from, verses are from Luke 4. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And Jesus was sent uh, and uh, God sent his son to save the world. Jesus was sent to proclaim freedom. And these are incredible uh, reminders for us. Um, and they, we hear a lot about calling and, and being called. Um, but what's the difference between that and being sent? And um, the, the really quick analogy, and it doesn't have anything to do with Kenya, is think about a, a Labrador retriever. You know, it's in their DNA, right? Okay, so they're called. You call them, you train them, but when you want them to go retrieve, you send them. But but they're it's they're already ready to go. So you think about being sent. It's that motion. It's that it's going out. So you can be called and have all the right ideas, but it's it's when we actually are in motion that we're sent. Um, this uh, picture is of doctors uh, and where when we were in Shigoria. So that was our first mission station or a place that we served, and we were there for uh, more than one year. And each one of these people has a story, and I would love to tell you their stories, um, but uh, and perhaps later we can. But there's a doctor who's not in this picture, and his name's Samuel, and he's from South Sudan. And he came into our training program where, we were tra- where I was helping to train family physicians at Chagoria. And he had a lot of struggles. He had a lot of trauma in his background. 
Um, and he actually had to go home early. He didn't, was not able to finish the course of study uh, because of his struggles. But at the same time, um, we really believe that God was bringing him back to his home place. Uh, in the unrest in, in South Sudan, his mother was killed. Uh, their, their hospital had been overrun. Uh, this is years ago, now 2013, 14. And um, um, patients were executed in the hospital. I mean, it was so severe. And and he really has not had a chance to process all of that trauma. So he had a lot of trauma, but yet God uh, has seen him through, and and um, now he's he's back home and serving in his home community. Uh, the uh, we're going to continue here. Okay. Those are entrails being cooked properly at One Life Africa Farm. You get used to eating these kinds of things. I promise you, you do. Um, the second half of when we were in Kenya, we moved over to Kabarak University. We went from Chigoria Hospital, which was a Meru Aboriginal poverty hospital high on Mount Kenya in the rainforest. And we went to Kabarak University. Larry thus taught with the same family medicine residency program, but more East African doctors, so his base for teaching expanded. And then I joined the law school at Cabrac University. Something exciting happened at Cabrac. We lived on the student mentorship farm. <clears throat> we were embedded among the students. We lived among them. They were our sisters and brothers. We were one with them. And we lived without walls. We lived without guards. This was a prayerful move, and it took some courage, but the Holy Spirit gave us peace because in Kenya, hardly any missionary lives without walls. <clears throat> Many missionaries live in compounds. Thus, we were just in the community, and they could knock at our door. These two women and the men behind them were students. We would often share meals with them right in our yard, cooked on the ground like that. We have so many stories, we can't begin to tell them all. Just can't. It's a miracle. So many things happened, and we saw the hand of God in it all. I saw Cindy Camille healed from a brain bleed before my very eyes in the hospital in Nairobi. When I got there, Bob was scared. Is that fair to say, Bob? And Cindy did not look long for the land of the living. She wasn't strong at all. And within a few days, this woman, the only white woman in that hospital as a patient, was running around the hospital, literally running around the hospital. Nobody could believe it. Not the patients, not the doctors, not the nurses. I can tell story after story of the goodness of God. I helped a 17-year-old boy born with congenital HIV die of AIDS, and he was at peace by the end. He said, Jesu Christo anapenda mimi. Jesus Christ loves me. I don't know if I could have said that as a 17-year-old boy dying of AIDS. I gave away prayer quilts and shawls to the patients. There were so many miracles. Heidi sent over 
cloth pads for the girls who miss school because of their menstrual periods. 10% of the Kenyan girls, by medical data, have had transactional sex by age 15 just to get hygiene products. Heidi sewed them and sewed them and sewed them and sent them. We felt so loved. The thing is that these Kenyan students are us. We're no different. It's not like we're us and they're them. We are one. That's the way God wants it. Galatians 4 says, When the set time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons. God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has also made you an heir. Mission is not optional. God is sending us everywhere. We're all sent. Today we're sent here. Tomorrow we're sent elsewhere. Mission is here. It's not across the world. And it is God's intent that none should perish. It is God's intent that these young ones and all ones in Kenya and elsewhere call him Abba, Father. They are his sons and daughters too. So we're going to shift gears. Uh, we spoke a little bit about being in Chagoria and then being at Kavarak University. This is a picture of a very small shack uh, at, in Elkeo, which is a Maasai village uh, near Nairobi. And we can sort of blame Tim for helping create this small school uh, hut. Not, not that he built this, because he, he didn't. Um, but when we had the team come over from Community Covenant Church, uh, they put the walls on the church building, which was great. I mean, it was wonderful. So now the church building in this location has walls. So one week after those walls were put up, all these kids arrived to go to school there. It wasn't planned to start at that time. In fact, the pastor was like, we're not ready for this, but they showed up. And so now there are 30 children meeting in this church building, but they, they needed other space. So they put up this little tin hut out back, and 16, around 16 students meet in this with two teachers, and this is Reuben, uh, one of the teachers. And so they've been sent into this community, and they've responded to that call. Tim and others from Community Covenant, Heidi, uh, have been sent and have, have helped uh, push this process along, and it's, it's just been an incredible uh, thing to see. So this is part of our partnership with the Evangelical Covenant Churches of Kenya, ECCK uh, churches, um, that we've been blessed to be a part of and are continuing with. If you do not know your call from God, would you be willing to pray for a call from God? That small step is a huge spiritual door which opens. It allows God to permeate your thoughts and bring a vision into your world. And if you have doubts about what your call is, start small, start immediately, and just start moving. In this case, we have 16 children meeting in a small shack, probably about the size of from that crack to here and to not even to the chairs, with two students. And surprisingly, good teachers can do a lot under those circumstances. They really can. 
And the desire and the eagerness are all there. The children are learning. The next stage would be to build that classroom for those children, and I'm sure they'll outgrow that quickly, too. Children in Kenya face many barriers. We already talked about girls, but in addition to what we spoke of before, they are child brides in this Maasai community marrying at age 12 or 13 in polygamous tribal marriages. They have to walk a long distance to go to school once they get to the upper grades, and they can be attacked by hyenas or leopards. And food is a chronic problem. The children in this covenant school were not eating for one, two, three days at a time. They were rather hard to teach that way. They were sleeping on the chairs and tables. So we prayed, and we sought partners, which we found to pledge the monthly food budget. Now these kids are relatively sparkling. They're sleek and well-fed, happy, full of energy, and I would even say obnoxious in a way. (laughs) Truly, truly. So if you're a worrier, the good news is that that same worrying imagination is a great future visionary vehicle because it's moving the opposite direction. All those things that you imagine that can turn wrong or be bad can actually turn well and be used for God's glory. So I would encourage the worriers in this congregation to just get moving. You'll be shocked how joyful that is. Matthew tells us that we cannot ignore this. It's not an option to ignore mission. Matthew 25 talks about the righteous, the sheep and the goats, those who did and did not do for the people of Jesus Christ. And at verse 37, it says, then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers or sisters of mine, you did for me. God's will for the least of society is that they should call him Abba, Father, King, Glorious Savior, Beloved Majesty. So what's your sending story? This is really what we're moving towards today. And I want you to listen to these verses from the end of Matthew and, and consider uh, how, how you might have felt or how you might have been in, in this picture. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Um, so this, uh, we see three things in these, ver- in these few verses. The first one is they worshipped. second one is some doubted. Uh, and then... Um, finally, uh, Jesus gave them a directive. Uh, he called them and sent them. 
Uh, and they responded. As far as we know, those disciples, those 11 disciples, responded to that, and they were sent. Uh, so what is our response to that? Um, worship is great, so we worship. Sometimes we do doubt, and that's where we can encourage each other if, we're, if we are doubting. Uh, it could be that we have trauma in our lives. It could be that we have pain and hurt in our lives that keeps us from hearing the call or responding to the call and being sent. Um, but just like the disciples, they walked with, with God, just like that yellow lab or whatever. You call it in if it's out somewhere first, and then you send it, right? And so, I mean, that's just a good visual. I want you to take that one home with you today, okay? That, that, that very hyper-excited dog that you call it in first, and then you send it. And that's, that's how it is. If we're walking with Christ, and then we are hearing his voice. We're, we're a follower of Christ. We're, we're, we're tuned in. We're listening to the Holy Spirit. And then we can be sent. And remember, our mission is to bring Christ's love, healing, and wholeness to our community and to our world. So what does the future hold? While in Kenya, we live peacefully and lovingly among many Muslims. This is a photo of a vision clinic that we were invited to hold within a mosque. And we said we can do that on the condition that we can pray in the name of Jesus Christ with anyone who is willing to take our invitation. Many accepted our invitation to pray in the name of Jesus Christ right within the walls of a mosque. There is a large cultural Muslim population, just as there is a large cultural Christian population. That does not mean that these people have given their heart to Allah or even to Jesus Christ. They identify themselves as anthropologically or ethnically that religion. We live very peacefully with much warmth and hospitality among many Muslim communities in Kenya as we move through it. My thought then is that I want to challenge the missiology or theology that there is an unreached people group in some jungle somewhere and not here in this room or next door to us in our house. If God created humans, how can they be unreached in that he is ignoring them? That's impossible. Anybody who is unreached is anybody who does not know Christ yet. Yet. So bring Christ to everybody around you. We hope to go back and forth to Kenya for the rest of our lives, God willing. We have our work permits. We have our foreigner identification cards, good through year 2021 and subject to renewal, easy renewal by the Covenant Church. My vision, I think, is to do more living and working and breathing among the Muslim people, just as a neighbor, and when the opportunity arises to talk about Jesus Christ. So we want to just close our time sharing today with sort of an invitation, but also just to to give you a a sense of what's going on still. So the the best way I can summarize is that we are involved in partnerships. Uh, This journey that we're on, this calling and this sending that we're a part of, really is a team event. It's a team sport. It's it's being part of the body of Christ. It's not something we do as individuals. Uh, And it cannot be, and it should not be that way. Um, So in one, a few words that describe, I think, where, what we are seeing happen in Kenya now are there, we're working to see 
the local churches to be empowered, uh, to connect with them, to partner with them. We're hoping to see uh, more dignity uh, and more local direction, more grace, and more glory given to God. What we're not trying to do is we're not trying to own or to direct uh, these things. We're not trying to control. And so we're we're seeking how how God can help us in that process. Uh, What we have in in this picture is just simply uh, an example of of doing a, a medical camp where now there are more local resources involved. So it's not just looking at people coming from the U.S. or the church is waiting for people to come from the U.S. in order to have medical camps or outreach. And so they are, they are actually taking more leadership and ownership of this and developing local resources. So that's an example of partnership. And going over and helping with the church building or things like that, those are examples of partnership. So we are seeing those things uh, progress. So we invite you and call you and want to send you to the gym after the service today. We'll be there also, and please come stop by. We would love to continue this conversation because that's what I believe this is, just the start of of another conversation, uh, again, where we give thanks to God and glory to God. Thank you. Our praying church, thank you for the prayer. touched my heart as it moved across the prayer board. Our praying church has become a sending church. That became spiritually clear to me, and I want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. This is a doxology from Jude, and it's heartfelt going out to you. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. As we get ready for communion this morning, I want to call your attention to this insert. From Covenant World Relief, you'll see on it a picture of women. Uh, They are preparing the communion wafers that we're going to be using this morning. Uh, These are women from the Home of Hope, uh, a ministry in partnership with the Covenant Church. Uh, These women have been rescued uh, from human trafficking and a life of prostitution. And by producing these communion wafers, it is a way now that they are supporting themselves. And so even as we take communion today, and as you hold that wafer, um, you know what that represents. It's the marvelous, transforming, powerful work of Jesus Christ uh, to transform lives and to rescue and to help people in very, very difficult situations. But you don't have to be uh, in human trafficking in India to be in a difficult situation. Perhaps you are in a difficult situation in your life today. Uh, Jesus is here. Uh, he stands ready to walk with you in that, wherever it is and whatever it involves. Again, opportunity to go back to the cross for prayer during this time of, of communion. It was a night before he went to the cross to give his life for you and for me, that Jesus gathered his disciples for a meal we call it the Last Supper. And it was there that he took bread. 
and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is given for you. For you. For you. Whenever you eat this, eat this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he took the cup and after he had given thanks, he, he poured it out saying, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you. Whenever you drink this, drink this in remembrance of me so that whenever we eat the bread, we take the communion wafer and we drink from the cup, we declare Christ's sacrifice on the cross for us until he comes again. And the good news is, he is coming again. Christ has died. Christ is risen. And Christ is coming again. This morning, the Lord is inviting us to come to this table to remember. And as we come, let's ask the Lord even as the Father sent you, where are you sending me? Where are you sending us as a congregation? Anyone who is a follower of Christ, desires to follow him, is welcome to come to the table this morning. I ask that you take the wafer, and whenever you're ready, that you would go ahead and, and eat that, but then hold on to the cup, and we'll take that together. So come. Come to the table that the Lord has set for us.